Good morning. First off, we just want to say Happy Memorial Day, and we praise God and thank God for their sacrifice and what they meant to us. And like he said, we don't we don't mourn; we just praise God that such men lived. So, Happy Memorial Day. We praise God and thank God for them. So, we're going to be in Second Kings chapter five this morning, and we're going to talk a little bit about unmet expectations. The expectations that we put on God and the preconceptions that we give God of how he's going to give us our miracle, how we're going to have our breakthrough, and those expectations, sometimes God doesn't do it in the exact way that he thought we would. And so at times, because it doesn't go the exact way that we thought it would or the the way that we thought it should, we miss out on our blessing altogether. And that almost happened to the man in this story. Naaman, and we're going to dive in in verse 1. It says, Naaman, commander of the army for the king of Aram, was a man important to his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was a valiant warrior, but he had a skin disease. Aram had gone on raids and brought back from the land of Israel a young girl who served as Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master were with a prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of this disease. So Naaman went and told his master what the girl from the land of Israel had said. Therefore the king of Aram said, go and I will send a letter with you to the king of Israel. So he went and took with him 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. He brought a letter to the king, and it read, When this letter comes to you, note that I have sent you my servant Naaman for you to cure him of this disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and asked, Am I God, killing and giving life, that this man expects me to cure a man of his disease? Recognize that he is only picking a fight with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that king of Israel had torn his clothes, He sent a message to the king and said, Why have you torn your clothes? Have him come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. Then Elisha sent with him a messenger who said, Go wash seven times in the Jordan, and your skin will be restored, and you will be clean. But Naaman got angry and left, saying, I told myself, he will surely come out, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the place, and cure the skin disease. Aren't Abana and Farper the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them to be clean? So he turned and left in a rage. This is not what I expected, he said. But his servants approached and said to him, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more should you do it when he only tells you, wash and be clean? So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times according to the command of the man of God. And then his skin was restored and he became like this, and it became like the skin of a small boy and he was clean. Then Naaman and his whole company went back to the man of God, stood before him and declared, I know there's no God in the whole world except in Israel. Therefore, please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives in whose presence I stand, I will not accept it. Naaman continued to urge him, but he refused. 
Naaman responded, If not, please let your servant be given as much soil as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will no longer offer a burnt offering or sacrifice to any other god but the Lord. So this totally changed the trajectory of his life because he had expectations going in. Many times like we do, we continue... You know, we have this ailment that we're dealing with. For him, it was a skin disease. For us, maybe it's healing in our mind, healing in our body, healing in our spirits and souls. And Naaman, like many of us, went into this thing with preconceptions and with expectations of how God was going to do it. And because God did not do it in the exact way that he thought it was going to happen, he said, surely I told myself that Elisha's going to come out here He's going to lay his hand on me, and it's going to be this awesome ordeal. He's going to lay me out on the floor, and I'm going to be healed. And it did not go that way. Elisha actually did not even meet with him. He sent out his servant to catch him before he even came in the door, and he said, go jump in the Jordan. And Naaman almost misses his miracle simply because of unmet expectations. So my question is this, how many miracles have we missed in our lives because of our own false expectations of how we think God's going to do it and how we think that our miracle is going to come. And when it doesn't happen in the exact way that we thought it did, at times we, like Naaman, become angry and we walk away totally missing the breakthrough, missing the miracle that God has for our lives, all because we gave it our own expectations that God did not. So what do we do whenever we pray for something and God doesn't do it in the way that we expected it? What do we do whenever we pray for a miracle and it comes in a way that I didn't expect it? Maybe you've been praying for financial blessings and instead of God just giving you a raise, he gives you an opportunity at another job. And so then you have to step out of the boat and be faithful and do what God asks you to do even though it's not how you expected it. And so many times God gives us offers like that. We pray, God, give me a breakthrough, and he does. But because of our own expectations of how he was going to do it, we miss out on our blessing. And Naaman would have done exactly that had it not been for his servant who said, just do what God's asking you to do, and your healing is there. It's simple. We Most, most of you all know that me and my wife just had our baby uh, two months ago. And the whole thing... It obviously goes without saying, but did not go like I expected it. We, she actually, so a month before our due date, we had a kid man leadership conference in Orlando. And uh, when I booked it, I can't remember who told me, but <laughs> they said, you know, that's awful close to your due date or your baby's due date. And I said, it's a month away. That's, she's not coming a month early. That doesn't happen. And so, uh, so. Go to Orlando, not even thinking about it. Drive all the way to Orlando, do a week's worth of ministry, drive 10 hours back home, so I'm just flat out whooped. We don't get home until, I don't know, 8 or 9 o'clock that night. And so I was looking so forward to sleeping in that day because I was spent. I was wore out. And uh, my wife rolls out of the bed at 5 o'clock in the morning and her water had broken. And so she's like, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. I've never done this before. This is my first one, too. I guess we go to the hospital. So that's what we did. And we had a baby by lunch. And uh, that alone was not how I expected it. But then, because she was a month early and her lungs had not developed, like a lot of you know, we had to spend about a week in the NICU. And so we had just had our baby, but we really couldn't see her we couldn't hold her you know we could stick our little 
hands through the thing, but it's not the same. And so we had just had this child. We had just experienced the miracle of birth and the miracle of life, yet we really could not fully enjoy it. We couldn't even hold our child. And so I was like, God, this is not how I expected this to go. And although we had faith the entire time, we knew that God was going to bring her out of this, but it did not meet my expectations. It did not go the exact way that I thought it would. And how many times in our lives have we planned something out and it went in the total opposite direction? And we blame that on God. But on the way out of that, can I tell you that restored our faith? That gave us a new level of faith than ever before, seeing God do a miracle, not just for somebody else that we witnessed, but for our own lives. And so that gave us a new kind of faith in God. What I'm saying is God always has a, that's why his word says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his plans are higher than our plans. The reason that it's not going according to your expectations is because his are better. And the reason that it doesn't go the way that you planned it is because if it did, God, I promise you, his expectations are a lot bigger than yours. As his word says, he can do bigger than we could ever imagine or ever think. His thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. It's not going according to plan, according to expectation, but God has a plan. And so I remember growing up, whenever we went shopping when we were little, my mama had four kids. And uh, so she had to be stern. She had to know how to put the whooping on them. So she didn't even have to put the whooping on you. She just put the eye on you, and that's all it took. But anyway, I remember, especially when if Daddy was at work or if he was doing drill on the weekends, Mom, when she had to take us to the grocery store, we would line up like she was a drill sergeant, and we got the rundown. Every time we went to the grocery store, do not ask for anything do not look at anything. What I put in the buggy is what we're coming home with. I don't want you asking for a candy bar. I don't want you asking for nothing because I'll wear you out in this store. Now, she might tell you it didn't happen like that because I'm making her sound mean. But I promise you, you can ask any of my siblings every time we got the rundown. Don't ask for anything. So that's what, that's all that I thought it went. And so then... Me and Kenzie started dating, and I remember the first time I went to the grocery store with her and her family. And uh, so it's, it's me, her, her sister, and her mom. And we're walking down the aisles, and her mom is shopping. And Kenzie and her sister, they're just like, oh, I, I like that. Let's, I'm, I've been wanting to try that. They just throw it in the buggy. And then her sister's like, man, that, that looks good. I'm just going to throw it in the buggy. They load this buggy down with snacks. And I'm just looking around waiting on somebody to get slapped because this, this is not how I always experienced it. Not that that's bad. That's just the way that they did it, but it didn't go anything according to how I would have expected it. And the reason that that did not go the way I expected it is because of past experiences. And so how many times in our life, because of our own past experiences, we can't get that out of our minds so that God can do a new thing. We keep expecting God to do it how he used to do it and how he's always done it for me. And so we miss out on our blessing because God is trying to do a new thing, but you're stuck in past miracles and past systems and the way that God used to do it. 
But God has bigger and God has better. You just have to have faith in the new miracle. And so there is a danger in expectations. Expectation is a great thing. I believe that we should go boldly before the throne of God expecting that God will do it. But I learned a long time ago to stop expecting how God will do it. Because if I get a preconception like Naaman, this is how it's going to go, and this is how it's going to happen, if it doesn't go that way, my faith is shaken. And it's not God's fault, it's mine, because I came up with my own expectations and my own plans. And when it doesn't go that way, I don't, I'm not able to truly receive my miracle because of my own past experiences. I can't accept the new. So we have to learn what God did for me before, the way he did it, I'm thankful for it, but I'm believing God for bigger and better. And I can't expect God to do it the way that he used to do. I expect it a new thing, because that's what he promises in his word, that he's doing a new thing. And sometimes God is at work, but we don't even notice it because we have a preconception of how he's supposed to do it. And Naaman had a preconception of how God was going to do it, and he didn't do it that way. And Naaman almost missed his miracle because it did not happen in the way that he expected it. God blessed Kinsey with a job, and she was working that job for a while, and before long, the hours just didn't line up with, you know, our lives, our ministry, our daughter that was coming. And so we began to pray for God for bigger and better. We were believing God for bigger and better. We were believing for different hours at her specific job. So we we had expectations. And as we're praying and we're praying and praying, some time goes on and God opens up another door for another job. And then in faith, we jump on that and it is absolutely perfect for our situation in life. It did not go how we expected it, but it's because the way we expected it was not nearly as great as the way God planned it. Your expectations in no way compared to God's plan. We have to stop being prideful like Naaman and realize, I don't always know what's best for me. I don't always have a better plan. Actually, I never have a better plan than God. So I just have to accept his plan. And Wayne Stiles says it this way. He says, I think we find ourselves most, I think when we find ourselves most disappointed with life, it is not because something in life has failed us. Rather, our expectations have failed us or understood in a different way, when we find ourselves most disappointed with God, God has not failed us. Our expectations of God have failed us. Do you know that the Jews in Jesus' time had expectations of the Messiah? They had expectations of how the Son of God would come and what he would do and how he would do it. And Jesus was totally counterculture. He was totally counter their plans, nothing he did lined up with the messianic prophecies and how they thought it was going to go. And so, Reza Aslan, this is what he says, the Jews of Jesus' time had conflicting views about the role and the function of the Messiah. Some believed that he would be a restorative figure who would return the Jews to their previous position of power and influence. Others viewed the Messiah in more apocalyptic terms as someone who would annihilate the present world and build a new, more just world upon its ruins. And there were those who thought the Messiah would be a king and those who taught he'd be a high priest who would correct the corruption and false worship occurring in the temple. So Jesus has all these expectations 
They have all these preconceptions of the Messiah and how he's going to come. Do you know that the Jews of Jesus' time did not even accept Jesus? Jesus is doing all these miracles. He's doing all this in the name of God. He's clearly the Son of God, and we can see that, but they couldn't because of their own expectations. They could not even receive the Son of God. They could not even accept him as the chosen one, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, all because of their expectations and that he was not living up to them. John the Baptist in Matthew eleven three. 3, if we can turn there. In this passage, John the Baptist is sitting in prison for preaching about Jesus or preaching about God and preaching about the Messiah that is to come. And Jesus is not doing what John the Baptist and all the other ones expected him to do. He's not, they expected this authoritative figure who was going to come in and overthrow governments, throw out the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire is eventually the one who killed Jesus. We know that was through his own will, but my point is it was not going how they expected, and John the Baptist is starting to have some doubts. In Matthew eleven three, John the Baptist is sitting in prison. He's expecting Jesus to come in and start whooping some dudes, and he's sitting here in prison. And he says, he sends a messenger to Jesus, and he says, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? John the Baptist had a hard time, like all of his peers, accepting that Jesus was the Son of God all because of unmet expectations that were not given by God but were given by man. And their own expectations almost made them miss out on that miracle. Do you know the Jews today are still looking for the Messiah? He came 2,000 years ago and they're still looking. All because he doesn't look the way they thought it would look and he didn't do it the way that he thought he would do it. He came 2,000 years ago and they still cannot accept that he's the Messiah all because of unmet expectations. Guys, unmet expectations are dangerous. That's why expectations themselves are dangerous. They can be powerful, but if they're placed in the wrong hands and in the wrong way, they're dangerous. So the best way to make sure that my plans and my expectations with God don't interfere with his and don't make me miss out on my blessing is to stop making them. Just stop making plans. A lot of people ask us all the time, knowing we're in ministry, you know, how long are you, you guys going to be doing kids ministry? How long are you going to be there? When are you going to be here? When are you going to do this? And my response is always the same. I stopped making plans a long time ago. Because every time I do, it doesn't go that way. And then I'm frustrated. So I learned all I have to do, uh, Karen gave it to me. I love the way that she put it. It's a beautiful illustration. She said, that's why the word says that God is a lamp unto my feet. Because a lamp doesn't give you very much light, guys. All it shows you is one step. And that's what the Holy Spirit does is it shows me my next step and then my next step. I don't know the end goal. I don't know the end plan. All I know is my goal is to follow the Spirit. And a lot of times we say that we have a relationship with Jesus, which is true. But more so than anything, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because he's the one who guides me. He's the one who who shows me the next step. He's the light under my path. He's the way I know the next step. I can't allow my own expectations to make me not hear the voice of God and what my next step should be and not allow unmet expectations that I gave, not God gave to me, make me miss out on my miracle. And so John 4 and 13, James, I mean, 4 and 13, it says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will travel to such a place and such a city and spend a year there and do business there and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring or what your life will even be. 
For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So James understands that the only way that I can make sure my plans don't interfere with God is if my only plan is to trust God. If my only plan is to listen to the Holy Spirit in my life and what he guides me to do and not make plans because they're not going to line up with God's and then your unmet expectations is going to allow you to miss out on your miracle. The reason it doesn't happen the way that we expected it is because God is bigger than our expectations. And Naaman almost missed out on his miracle because God didn't do it in the way that he expected. How many miracles have we missed because God did not do it in the way that we expected? How many breakthroughs in my life has God tried to give me, but I could not accept it because it did not happen in the way that I thought it should go? So God sent me to tell somebody today that you keep praying for God to give you a breakthrough and he's already given it to you. You just can't see it like the Jews did. He's already given it to you. You just are allowing your unmet expectations to cloud your judgment on what God is doing in your life. The breakthrough's already there. He's already done it. You can stop praying about it. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is realize it may not look how I thought it did. It may not sound how I thought it did. I expected Elisha to lay his hands on me, and now i got to go jump in a dirty river seven times. But God has already performed the miracle. All you have to do is choose to accept it. I heard it put this way one time. It's almost like, think about it as Jesus as a hitchhiker. So Jesus is standing on the road with his thumbs up. And uh, one time, somebody tries to pick Jesus up. And uh, he says, kids, y'all scoot over in the back and let Jesus sit in the back. And Jesus says, no, I'm not doing that. And then he says, okay. He tells his wife, don't do this. <laughs> but he tells his wife to go sit in the back. He says, okay, well, if you don't want to sit in the back, you can sit in the passenger seat. And he says, no, I'm not doing that either. The only way I'm getting in your car is if I'm driving. The only way he's getting in your car is if he's driving. And you can keep trying to go places with Jesus and wondering why he's trying to go this way and you're trying to go this way and it feels like neither one of you are going anywhere. It's because you're going in two different directions and you're allowing your expectations to miss out on the miracle and the breakthrough that God has already given you. You just have to accept it. Pride is a powerful thing. And I believe that's the main reason Naaman almost missed his miracle is because he was so confident in his own plan and his own expectations that he almost missed his miracle. It, we have to rebuke pride in our lives and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow the way that I thought it should go and the way that I thought it would go. I'm not going to allow that to make me miss out on my miracle. So stop trying to put Jesus in the back seat. He's only going to drive or he's not getting in. As followers of Jesus, you have to trust that he knows what's best for you. And he knows where you're going even better than you do. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And you don't understand it for a reason. I heard it one way this time. This guy was debating with an atheist, and uh, he does this a lot. He goes around giving, you know, long explanations, and people ask him these tough questions. And somebody asked him, well, where does God come from? And so he basically ex explained it, that God lives outside of time, space, and matter, so you can't explain it. He gives this long outline, but he said what it really boils down to is if I could fit the infinite God of the universe in my six-pound brain, he wouldn't be worth worshiping. We keep trying to limit God, make him smaller so that he can fit in my brain. I'm just taking a piece at a time because I want all of God. 
I want to experience all of it. And if I shrink him so that he can fit into my mind, I'm only experiencing a very small portion of what God can do in my life. And so I can't fit him in my six-pound brain. Maybe yours is a little heavier than mine. You might have more room. I don't know. But he's not fitting in mine. And so I decided a long time ago, I'm done trying. All I'm going to do is listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. If it's this, I'll do it. If it's that, I'll do it. I'm not making plans anymore. So you don't have to ask me where I'll be in five years because I'm going to say ask God. Because I'm not going to allow my unmet expectations to make me miss out on the blessings of God in my life and the miracle of God in my life. And Naaman almost did just that. And he would have died with leprosy for the rest of his life had he allowed unmet expectations to rule his life and steal his blessing. Guys, it's as simple as that. We can't allow... Expectations are so dangerous. They're powerful, but they're dangerous. You have to make sure that your expectations line up with God's. Because if they don't, you're going to be frustrated like Naaman will and almost miss out on your miracle just like he did. A long time ago, not a long time ago, maybe a year or so ago, but I used to be part-time at a, or full-time at another job and part-time here, and that was okay, that was working good, but I just felt like God was calling me into full-time here at the church. And so I had asked several people about it, and uh, they said maybe it could work out over time. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm not going to keep asking. I'm not going to keep begging. I'm just trusting this. It's going to work out in your time. So this goes on for a little while doing what I'm doing, and God says, quit your job. And so, yeah, that's funny, isn't it? That's what I thought, too. That's funny. (laughs) And uh, he says, quit your job. And I'm like, okay, I trust you. It's not what I expected, but I trust you. And I have responsibilities. I have a family that I have to provide for. I have many responsibilities that God himself blessed me with, and now he's asking me to quit my job. It's not what I expected, but because I was faithful, I said, okay, God, and I quit my job. It wasn't, well, I did, you know, I did my two weeks, and then it wasn't one week, I don't think, off of work before God worked this out. My point is, if I would have allowed how I thought it should go, my preconceptions of my blessing, my preconceptions of how it should go, if I would have allowed that to make me not totally and fully commit and listen to the voice of God, I would have missed out on my miracle, which is so many times what we do. So what do we do whenever God doesn't meet our expectations? We jump in the Jordan. Let's go to verse 14. It says, So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times according to the command of the man of God. And then his skin was restored. And it became like the skin of a small boy, and he was clean. If you want your miracle, if you want your blessing, you're going to have to cast down your expectations. You're going to have to cast down your plans. You're going to have to cast down everything that you thought this is how it's going to go. You have to cast it down because Naaman himself had to, or he would have missed out on his miracle. And I believe there are so many miracles in the body of Christ that we miss out on every day simply because we give expectations that never lined up with his word and never lined up with his plan. And you keep getting frustrated with God. Why aren't you doing it for me when he's already done it? You just don't want to jump in the Jordan. You just want the man of God to come and lay his hands on you. And it doesn't always happen like that. 
And just because God doesn't meet your expectations does not mean that he's still moving. It just means that his ways are bigger and his thoughts are bigger and his plans are bigger. So please do not miss out on your miracle simply because of the expectations that you give God that he never called you to give. So how do I receive my breakthrough? Well, God's already done it. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and understand it may not look how I thought it did. It may not sound how I thought it did. It may not be going how I thought it was going, but I'm believing God for bigger and I'm believing God for better. I'm not going to allow my past experiences to make me miss out on my miracle. I'm not going to allow my preconceptions to make me miss out on my miracle. I'm not going to let my unmet expectations of God make me miss out on my miracle because God does not fail us. Only our expectations do. Will you stand? God, we thank you so much for this day. God, we just pray that for every person in this room who's, they feel like you've left them. They feel like this thing's not going in the way that they thought it should. They feel like, you know what? God's not hearing me. God's not answering my prayers. God, is, I guess I'm just not going to receive my breakthrough. God, I pray that you would give them a new faith. And God, more than anything, I pray that you would give them the divine revelation that what you've spoken, you've already done. All they have to do is reach out and grasp it. All they have to do is cast down their expectations, cast down their preconceptions, and jump in the Jordan River and be healed. Be clean. Receive their breakthrough. So whether today you need healing in your mind, healing in your body, healing in your, healing in your soul, whatever it may be, just know I cannot come into this thing with expectations because they never, God, guys, God always exceeds our expectations. So God, we just, we make the commitment today. I'm going to stop making expectations. I'm going to expect you to do it, but I don't need to know all the details. I just need a lamp. I don't need a lighthouse. Just give me a lamp under my feet. Show me my next step. I'm not going to worry about the rest. I'm going to leave that in your hands. So God, right now, today, we make the commitment to you that, God, we're going to put down our own plans and accept the better one. God, we're going to accept your word and accept your way, and we're going to receive our miracle today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go give the devil fifths.